if you have your Bible with you today, we're going to be looking in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we'll get to there in just a minute. Deuteronomy is going to be towards the front of your Bible, right, one of the first few books there, um, and we'll get, get there in just a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Um, if you're new with us here this morning, we are in the middle of a series of messages that's focusing on a section of something that we call Kingdom Builders. Back in January, we revealed this new thing we call Kingdom Builders. It's basically a way to help our church, help ourselves become more passionate about generosity, reaching the lost and and hurting in our world. And we believe that this is one of the most effective things that we can do as Christians is to give financially to further the kingdom of God. So Kingdom Builders is basically a fund that we give to and through that goes into three different areas. Those areas are global missions, local needs, and investing in future generations, right? So everything we do kind of funnels through these three different things. And in March, we did this massive focus on the global piece of Kingdom Builders. In September, we're gonna do this piece on the local part, and right now uh, we are in the middle of focusing on the future generations, the future piece of Kingdom Builders, where we are going to talk about the importance of passing faith on to the next generation, right, that passing the faith in Jesus to those that are coming after us, whether that's our kids, our grandkids, or kids and teenagers that we don't even really know, right? All right, if, you, if you're able, would you stand with us today, and let's pray. Um, let's just take a moment to invite God into our hearts and into our minds and let him speak to us. So God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in this place freely. God, that we have no fear of oppression or persecution. God, we thank you for that freedom. We don't take that for granted. And God, we ask that you would speak into our hearts today and our minds. Let us not walk out of this place the same as we walked in. Let us be closer to you. And so God, I invite you into my heart and my mind. God, we surrender this service Whatever you want to do today, God, we give it all to you. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Thank you so much. So today we are going to talk a lot about family and culture and instilling faith into our family, but this is not just a message for parents, okay? So don't check out on me. We all have a part to play in raising the next generation in faith and following Jesus. And if we leave raising up the future generation to just parents, we've already lost. Like, if you're like, I'm not a parent, I, I don't have kids in the house or, or whatever, however old or young you are, this is a whole church thing, right? We all have a part to play. So let's lean in on some of our kids' team's shirts. If you see our team members, they say, reach the future now. And I believe so strongly, so strongly that we can affect the future of each of these kids right here and right now. It starts with us. I was just talking to our oldest, Erilyn, the other week, and we were talking about VBS. She's like, is VBS coming up? And she's talking, talking, talking. And the thing that she most remembered about VBS was she was like, is Angeline going to be there at VBS? It was, it was a person. It wasn't... I mean, I was speaking, like, at this thing. She didn't remember anything I said, right? It was this student that took time to be with her, to, pray, to play with her and recognize her, took her time even after everything was all done to, to sit and, and watch Erlen run back and forth on a scooter, right? That's what she remembered most was someone pouring into her. Um, 
a few weeks ago, I was, I was lying in bed probably a month ago. I was lying in bed, and I was, I was super sick. We, me and Sam both got sick. And is there anything worse than being a parent and being sick? Like, there's really nothing worse. Because you're like, the job doesn't stop. The kids don't just magically stop needing things so you can get rest, right? And what do you need when you're sick? You need rest. And so we finally got the kids to bed, and we're just like, I'm just going to go lay down in bed. Like, it's like 8.30. We never go to bed at 8.30. And so we, like, get in bed, but it's 8.30. I'm like, I don't know if I can, like, fall asleep, but I want to fall asleep. And so we go open up Disney Plus and put on this documentary, right? Because what's more soothing than a British guy (laughs) talking to you about majestic creatures floating in the ocean? Like, oh man, just just will put you right out, right? Like, so we put put on this uh, documentary, and the documentary was about these guys. Corey's gonna grab. I actually brought one with me because what's a kids pastor without illustrations, right? Um, <laughs> thanks, man. This is my buddy. He's gonna he's gonna be right here with me today. It was about these guys. These, these are, are killer whales, right, or orcas, right? This was this documentary. It was so amazing that I was so sick, and I'm, like, coughing up a lung or two and, and sneezing and snot everywhere and just wanting to sleep. But it was so intriguing and amazing that I couldn't fall asleep. And I was like, this is awesome. And I'd like pull out my notes and I'm like taking, taking notes while I'm sick. Like, who does that? What kind of person am I? Right? I'm like, I need to go to sleep. But wow, this is so cool. All right, so this documentary was on orcas, all right, killer whales. And here's some things that I've since learned, okay? One, orcas or killer whales are actually a part of the dolphin family, right? They're not even whales. This documentary on whales, the first one wasn't even about a whale, what is that? Okay, so they're actually dolphins. They got their name from ancient, ancient sailors who observed them killing whales, right? They, and their name translated out of Latin literally meant whale killer, but apparently killer whales sounds cooler. I don't know why they didn't, why didn't you just kill, call them whale killer? It's, I think that sounds cool. Right? No, they're, so they're actually dolphins. They're not whales at all. Second, each pod of orcas, so their family, Um, will live and travel together their whole life. They develop a language and sounds and communication that is unique only to their pod, their family, right? They're developing a language just for their own pod. And they each hunt differently and in different places. One was hunting stingrays or manta rays, I don't know, whatever the floating carpet fish thing is, that l- they look the same to me, I don't know. They were, they were hunting those things, right, and they, they had the specific way that they had to do it. One was hunting off of fishing boats, and another, the coolest one was they like lurk up to like a beach, and they're like hiding in the waves, and the, the orcas like taught themselves to like literally turn like this, so that their fin doesn't stick up above the water. And then as the wave would come up, they would charge with the wave and like grab like a sea lion off of the beach. It was so cool. But they had to teach that, right? So they taught these things of how to hunt differently. The most interesting thing is that they teach these things to their kids. The, the communication, their own language, they teach it to their kids. They teach how to hunt. Each pod that hunts differently, they teach that way 
to hunt and get food for their family to their kids. And the pods that don't pass this knowledge on, that fail to, con- to teach their kids how to hunt this way, those pods eventually, you can't trace their family line. Their family line disappears. They die out. That pod of whales is, goes extinct. Right? You can't trace their family line. And I'm sitting there between coughing and sneezing, watching this, and I can't help but notice this amazing parallel to how God designed us to pass faith onto the next generation. Right? That without doing that, then faith disappears in our family. And a biblical living disappears in our family. So what does the Bible say? Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, starting at verse 4. It says this. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord, with, Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So this passage uh, starts with one of the most famous and repeated parts of scripture throughout Jewish history. And it's called the Shema. Right, and it's this verses four and five, these two verses right at the beginning. You've probably heard verse five from the New Testament, maybe, where Jesus answers, he says, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? And some of us know that. But this, these two verses here, four and five, would have been a prayer that Jewish families would repeat every single morning and every single night. So two times every single day, they would repeat verse four and five. And it's, it gets its name, Shema, from the first word, hear, hear. And it means, Shema means to hear. But it's deeper than just hearing something into your ears, right? It's not just like hearing a sound. It's hearing followed up by obedience or, or action, right? It's like when I ask my kids and I say, are you listening to me? I'm not saying, did you hear the words I said? That are you, are you using your listening ears, right? I'm not saying, are, are you actually hearing me? I'm saying, are you doing what I said to do? Are your shoes on your feet? We need to go. No, right? I, I'm saying, are you listening to me? That's this first word. It says, listen and do, O Israel. Listen. All right, and what I find so interesting is, is, is that this is what is said every single day, two times a day, and they, they would know all of these verses that follow it, right? It's like I say, pledge allegiance, and you know what happens after that, right? You, you know what happens after that. They would know what happens after these verses. The most repeated thing in Jew, Jewish history was this. And this gives us a great framework to starting to build our own culture and our families to pass down our love of God to the next generation. So what is culture? Let's look at that quick. I truly believe that culture is one of the keys to leaving a legacy of faith, right? In my head, I've titled this series today, this message, Culture Countercultural Culture, okay? Got it? 
culture, countercultural culture. You can just call it culture if you want, I guess. Um, but what is, what is culture? We say the word culture, and we think of the world and the way things work, how music is, how tight or baggy your jeans are supposed to be, right? But here's what culture is defined as. The noun culture is defined as this, the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group, right? This is... When I say the word culture, this is probably the definition that you would think of, right? But there's actually multiple cultures going on. Each school has a culture. Each workplace has its own culture. Each home has its own culture. But there's another definition of culture as well, and this one is a verb, an action word, and it says this. It says, creating an environment that promotes growth, right? You might think of yogurt, Right. No, but I, I want to challenge each of us to culture ourselves and culture our families. And I don't mean culture like make sure they're in touch with society and the new cool movies or like make sure they're cultured by watching Princess Bride, you know. I mean, seriously, you should. But no, that's not what I mean when I say culture your family. What I mean is are, are you creating an environment for your family that promotes spiritual growth? Like, if you, if you take a second to answer that question, am I truly creating an environment in my home that creates, that creates an environment that promotes spiritual growth? Does it promote it? Or in most cases, I would say the things that we allow into our environments actually make it more difficult for us to grow. And when, when I talk about spiritual growth, I, I mean getting closer to God. Right? It's, it's knowing God's word. It's living according to the Bible. That's spiritual growth. And you might picture it like this. If I were to take my, my one-year-old and place her in a room filled with tiny little Legos, close the door, and expect her to build something out of that, that would be ridiculous, right? You're like, what are you doing? She's one years old. She should, it says like five and up or whatever it says, right? You don't do that because what would happen? She would end up, what a one-year-old, they'd put things in their mouth. And she would probably choke, on a Lego piece. May have happened. No, it hasn't happened, I promise. Right? It sounds ridiculous when I put it in that way, but that's what we're doing in our own homes. We're putting ourselves, our kids, our families in environments that don't help us grow spiritually, but in fact actually can choke out the spiritual things in our lives. Right? It, we surround our things in our home, in our pockets, on our TV that don't help us grow spiritually. They choke out the spiritual things that we are trying to so desperately grow. See, culture is a combination of what you generate and what you tolerate. All right, I'll say it again. Culture is a combination of what you generate and what you tolerate. And what I mean is that what you generate is the things that you create, think, say, do. Right? That's what you generate. You could say all the right things. You could put Christian songs on your radio and write Bible verses on your mirror. But if what you tolerate in your home doesn't match what you generate, then you've lost it, right? But the reversal is true as well. You could have good guidelines for your home, but what you put into it doesn't match. Maybe it's, it's your language, your decisions with your money, your thoughts. What, you, what you're generating isn't matching what you're tolerating, then you're not creating a culture that cr promotes spiritual growth either. And if you're not sure, you're like, well, I don't know what culture I'm creating. What? I would ask you this question first. This is the place to start. Is what do you value? 
right? Do you value financial freedom? Do you value being in touch with the latest Star Wars and Marvel movies? Do you value God's voice? What do you truly value? What's important to you? And if you're unsure, that means you haven't decided to set your values. And what you value controls your choices. And your choices reveal your values. And it looks like kind of like this classic chicken and egg thing, you know, which came first, the chicken or All right, quick poll. Whose team chicken came first? All right, team egg. And the rest of you are just like, what's a chicken? I don't know. <laughs> All right, so, so do, our, do our values control our choices or do our choices control our values? The answer is yes. See, without a plan, your choices will dictate what you value. If you don't have a plan, your choices are showing everybody what you value, right? With a plan and a lot of discipline, what you value will determine your choices, right? Just like wanting to be healthy, healthier physically, right? If that's something that you value, then your choices have to reflect that. And if your choices don't reflect that, then it's not something that you value, right? It's, it's very simple. And here's another thing. When thinking about our values, we have made relationship with Jesus a thing that we value and not the thing that all of our values are built upon, right? You might say, oh, I value our relationship with God. That's great. That's awesome. So do I. But where's the, where's the difference is sometimes that's just part of our values and it's not the thing that everything else is built upon, right? Our relationship with God should flow into every area of who we are. Should be work you, driving you, choosing entertainment you, Parent you, video game you, dating you, family holiday you. Is that a thing, right? It, it should all be the same. The Holy Spirit working through you in every aspect of your life. So how do, we, how do we do this? How do we create culture and have values that we pass on to the next generation? We go back to Deuteronomy and gave us a great starting framework, all right? Verse 6 says, these commandments I give you are to be on your hearts, it all starts with you. Ask God to help you value what he values. Let his word be hidden in your heart, as Psalm says. It starts with a simple choice every day, even multiple times a day, of putting God first in your life. In other words, be passionate about a relationship with Jesus. As Pastor Corey mentioned last week, passion drives. Right? That's where it starts. It starts in your heart. You can't pass on what you're not passionate about. So let it start in your heart. Verse 7 starts, it says, impress them upon your children. The word impress here can also be translated to teach diligently or to sharpen or wet, like W-H-E-T, not pour water on something. All right, wet as in like you want them to like it. You're making it intriguing. All of these are synonymous with culture, promoting growth. It doesn't say Take them to church once a week and hope somebody else does a good job of teaching them about the Bible and then let them decide on their own because you don't want to be looked at as forcing faith down their throat. It's not what it says. It says impress them on your children. Impress them on your children. I've, I've heard this excuse before of, of just, I, I just, I want them to make faith their own and I don't want it to come from me. I think the basis of that, the heart of that is so, so true and so pure. But here's what happens is when that is our heart, we say, we go hands off and we say, nope, it's got to be their own. 
But if, if we leave it up to kids to make faith their own, they, they're not going to do it without strategic leading, guiding, and teaching, right? It's not forcing down someone's throat. You're, you're building something that's important to you that you want to be important to your kids. And if you don't do it, nobody else is going to. Taking them to church does not check that box for you, okay? That's an add-on. That's being a part of a church family, it is not what teaches your kids how to live. Once a week, an hour a week does not do that, right? And so it's not pushing them. Faith is not pushing them out of the nest and hoping that they'll learn to fly type of thing, right? This verse shows us it's important to teach diligently without relenting. Get help. Ask questions. Learn together. You don't have to have all the answers. I, I don't. My dad was a pastor. I'm a pastor. I don't have all the answers, Okay? But you have to be willing to learn together. You have to be willing to. Number three, verse seven says, talk about them. It's the first step. You have to talk. Communication is key. Just like any relationship, if you don't learn how to communicate with your kids, or any kids, not just to talk to them or tell them what to do, but actually communication, two-way street here, real conversation. I heard this awesome idea that we're definitely going to do as our kids get older is, is to have a family meeting once a month where you're actually like going to sit down and say, hey, what's working about our family for you? What's not? What, what, have, what have we done that, that's making it more difficult for you? And some of those things are going to be like, okay, well, no, you, you still have to take out the trash, okay? I know we're making things difficult for you, but no, all right? No, you, so there's guidelines and boundaries. But if you're not opening up that door to communication, then it's not going to be there. If, the, if you don't open that door to say, come to me first with your problems and let's pray about it and go to God and see what his word says, then they're going to find those answers somewhere else. So whatever that looks like for you, make sure there's open communication, Right? You literally, like, it's a meeting. You take a team of people, like, what's working for you? And be okay with making changes. Be okay with admitting mistakes. Pray together and for each other. Be honest with your kids about what difficult things you faced this month. What it's like to be you. Not in a whiny or complainy way, but saying, yeah, man, you had this. Man, we were going through this too. Like, be honest with our kids. Some of us need to go home today and do this right now and say, guys, this has been a hard month. Let's talk about things. And trust me, the first time will feel weird. Like, just like with any relationship, at first you're not sure right the right way to communicate or whatever, but it's gonna take time, opening that door to communication, all right? Number four here, when it says, when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up, every place you are, you can be intentional about bringing faith into everyday life. I have a friend who said every time he'd be in the car with his dad and his dad saw a cool tree or a beautiful sunset or a mountainside or a rainbow or whatever, his dad would say, my dad made that. It sounds cheesy, right? But here's, here's what he was doing. Every moment he could, he was pointing, faith, pointing back to faith, pointing back to God. He was bringing God into everyday life. He wasn't saying, oh, look at that cool sunset. I've got to take a picture of that so I can post it to my Instagram. No, he wasn't doing that. He was saying, God made that. Isn't that so cool? And, and from a young age, teaching his kids to value what God has made and to see God in everything, right? You're simply pointing to God. 
in, in every moment. And it's two moments here. It says, right, when you lie down and when you get up. If you have little kids, these can be two of the most stressful moments in your home, right? Getting to bed and also getting out of bed and out the door. Those can be stressful moments. But if we're not leaving enough time to talk about Jesus in those moments, then we're not t- planning out our time well enough. And that, I mean, that hurts for me, okay? <laughs> don't, don't say, oh, man, they're, they're just, man, just slapping me in the face today, saying I'm not doing it. No, we all have room to grow I have room to grow. I need to do a better job at this, okay? But starting and ending our day should be pointing back to God, right? Verse 8 says, Tie them on symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. Now, this was so they, they couldn't escape God's commands, right? Hands represent everything they do. They would see it with everything that they did. Binding it on your forehead. This was the center of thought, Right? An illustration or a symbol of saying everything we think about should be pointing back to God, pointing back to God's word. It's surrounding yourself with God's word. It's not just putting up Bible verses on your wall in your home or anything like that. It's surrounding yourself with God's word. There's an Instagram page that I follow called the Bible Engagement Project. If you don't follow them, you should if you're on Instagram. And what what I do is they, they do like a little screenshot thing in their stories. And every week I put a new screenshot as my lock screen. It has a verse to memorize, right? And so every week I'm trying to memorize a new verse. I'm trying to surround myself, making this not a distraction, but a place that I'm also engaging in God's word every single day, right? So it's surrounding ourselves. So these are great places to start. Let it start in your heart. Teach and impress these values, Let Jesus be the foundation of everything we do because faith is not a Sundays and holidays thing. It is an every moment thing. We've talked about the importance. We've talked about the importance of culture and creating values that drive faith deep. So for parents and and for us today, I want to do really quick a couple practical things we can do. One, all right, family values, right? These can be character things. We have four family values in our home. We have joy, humility, faith, and kindness. And we've picked these things because they are all things that point back to God. They're things that point back to God's character, right? And we, we want to instill those things into our kids. We want them to be joyful no matter the circumstances they face. We want them to have humility, be able to admit mistakes, learn how, how to help others and put others before themselves. We want faith in God to be something that we trust in God with our money and our finances. We're supporting missions, right? All of these things are tying back into these things and kindness, Right? We want to be people that show God's heart to other people. So family values. Maybe you need to go home today and say, what are, what are our family values in our home? Or the YouVersion Bible app. They have a kid's experience. Right, It looks just like that. Right? A kid's experience on the Bible app. If you don't do this with your kids, you should. It's an awesome tool that gives them a little devotional each day. Because that's the, the thing I hear most is like, oh, I, I want my kids to read the Bible. I don't know where to start. Just start here. Right? It'll give them a verse every day, a prayer every day, a little video to watch every single day where they're engaging with God's word. And there's amazing Bible plans for you that you can pick and you can go through as well. So the YouVersion Bible app is awesome. If you have little kids like we do, we use the Bible app for kids. 
there's an app that they can go through stories. Erin calls it. She's doing her little Bible devotions or her Bible study, and it's so cute. It ties in with our lessons here at church. There's easy stories, and we do this at every nap and every bedtime. We have like our story Bible that we, we read a Bible story every single nap, every single bedtime, right? We're trying to teach them about God. Pray first. This is a big one. Like so often we try to fix the problems in our lives first instead of pointing back to God and saying, well, let's pray first. Before we go, like Corey was telling me, like before they took Keaton to the, to the doctor, they're like, well, let's stop and pray first, right? It's taking intentional moments to say, well, let's, let's just point back to God pray first. Missions. Each week we pray for a different missionary. We're trying to instill a heart that is global and, and missions focused in our kids. And our kids love this, right? Every dinner time we pray over a missionary. We do these awesome cards that you have to take home and we pray for a missionary. And missionaries have become like celebrities in our home, right? They love it. And like, they're like, oh, we forgot to pray for our missionary each Sunday. So we, we do a new one each. So we do for one missionary, we do it for a whole week and we pray for them that entire week. So each Sunday, we flip it. And so when, I go, when we go home for lunch today, they're gonna be like, we've gotta flip it. It's time to see who the next missionary is. And they're so excited, right? But missions is another opportunity for us to point kids back to God's heart. His heart is for the entire world to hear about him. And if we're, we're not engaging our kids in that, we're missing something. Learn together. Don't just have your kids do it. Like, you don't have to do this separately. Learn together. We're going to be starting a program here called JBQ where kids can memorize verses and questions, learning about the Bible. And we're going to be starting that this summer. So you can do that together. There's some books. Some of us like to read books. So I've put uh, a list of books here. I'm not going to go into detail on all of them. You can take a picture of it or ask me later. Um, but there's this book, Five to Thrive, uh, Start with the Heart, and Screens and Teens, all by Kathy Cook. They are amazing. A book called Hold On to Your Kids, Learning How to like, Have a Relationship with Our Kid. If you just want to learn more about the next generation, read this book, Meet Generation Z. And if you're like, I do, we're going through tough things, the book Talk Now and Later by Brian Dollar is an amazing resource of leading kids through difficult situations in our lives, in our homes. All right, so those are some awesome books. Um, we're going to fly through these here. Media, um, something we value in our home is, is having media that's uplifting and, and still entertaining. But so a couple of resources I use, and this is not, don't feel like, oh, they're telling me not to watch whatever, so-and-so, so-and-so, right? This is, I'm trying to create an environment that promotes spiritual growth. That's my heart. That's what I want, deeper than anything. And so these are resources that I use. You use what you want, all right? But Plugged In is a focus on the family thing. They, you can go on there. Anytime a movie is released in theaters, it will literally tell you what is in the movie that you could watch out for. It'll tell you how many swear words are in it, how many whatever, if there's nudity, sex scenes. It'll tell you that every single thing. So you don't have to go and say, well, it's rated PG-13. I, th I think it should be okay. And they go, whoa, let's leave. All right, you, that, that's not going to happen if you don't want it to. The resource is there. It's just us taking the time to be culturally different. And that's okay because we are. Right? Uh, there's an app called VidAngel where we use it to actually, you can filter out different things. Like you can watch a movie without swearing, without whatever. Like, so these are just resources that you can use. These are things that we use um, to just create an environment that's promoting growth. You can ask questions, all right? You are not alone. We are a church family, right? 
ask me questions. I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to, to work through things together. We have an amazing team that's here to support you. So email me, text me, whatever. I'm, I'm here for you as a resource. And get involved. How do, we, how do we reach the next generation? We have an amazing team of people that are ready to get involved. So you can give, you can pray, you can serve. We, we would love to see you more involved with our kids' lives. It makes such a difference. So let's recap really quick before we go today. Culture, we talked a lot about culture, right? It's a combination of what we generate and what we tolerate. And that's why we need values because what you value controls your choices and your choices reveal your values. A relationship with Jesus is not a thing that we value but the thing that everything we value should be built upon. And Deuteronomy has showed us the importance of that, of passing faith down to the next generation. But ultimately, it comes down to this. The culture I create around me will either promote spiritual growth or choke out my desire for God. I want to ask our music team to please come. Now, at the beginning, we were talking about these orcas, right, and how they pass on knowledge. And they, they pass these things down to the next generation. And it's not just that they pass on knowledge. It's what knowledge they choose to pass on. You could pass on how to run a chainsaw or, or how to sew or, or roast the perfect marshmallow. But those things only have value for a little while, right? What things will last forever is what we want to pass on. So here are the three things that orcas teach. Where to get food, communication, and who or what areas are dangerous. And here's how they apply to us. Where to get food. Are you teaching your kids where to get truth from? Or they have to figure it out on their own? Are, they, are you teaching them what's important, what to take into their life that matters? The values that you have, God's word. Are you teaching them how to actually dive into God's word? You might go, oh, I don't know how to do that myself. Learn together, learn together. So where, where, where do we get truth from? Because if we don't tell them, they're gonna figure it out somewhere else. Who are you? Who are you taking in, right? What voices are we listening to? Listening to? Communication. Are you teaching your kids how to actually communicate with each other? How to have disagreements without letting, without yelling at each other and, and different things. Like, are we working on this? Are we working towards where we want to go? We're teaching them how to communicate with God, how to pray. And that prayer makes a difference. What areas are dangerous? We're teaching them about sin and temptation, how to avoid those things, and what to, what to do when we make mistakes. These are the three things that whales or not whales, whatever you call them, they can teach these things to their kids. How much more important is it for us, right, to take time, say, these are the things. If I do nothing else, this is what matters. Would you stand with me? So what do you value? Your actions and choices, do they reflect those things? What's one thing you could do today to change something small in your culture, in your home, in your family, in your workplace? Remember the importance of creating a culture that promotes passing the love of God onto the next generation. Because it truly is one of the most important things that we can do as parents, as individuals, as a church. 
it is one of the most important things that we can do. And so let's take a moment to respond. And some of us today, some things we might need to respond to. One, you might need to say, I need to change my heart, my own culture, to promote growth for my life and my family. I'm not doing this for myself. And I need God to change my heart. Or two, you might, you might need to relook at the values in your life. You might need to say, wow, I value this thing, but it's, it's really not something that's gonna last. I need to make some changes of how I, how I make my choices. Or three, maybe Jesus has been something that you value. Church has been something that you value. But a relationship with Jesus isn't the thing that all of your values are built upon. You'd say, okay, Jesus and my faith is in this category, works over here, and this is over here. We wanna build everything that we do upon Jesus. And so let's pray. Would you just bow your heads and then maybe one of these things speaks to you. Maybe it's something completely else that God has spoken to you today. But God, we humble ourselves. We say, God, we're not good enough to do this on our own. So God, change our hearts. Help us see things the way you do. Help us value things the way you do. God, help us make changes in our lives that are gonna help us promote spiritual growth in our family and our own lives. That the people around us, our workplaces, our homes, every single person we interact with would see the difference in our lives. The Holy Spirit working through us. So God, speak to us and change us today. Let's not walk out of this place the same. There are people in this place, as, I, as I've been talking about this countercultural way to live and, and living for Jesus, maybe you've never said, yes, I want a real, authentic, life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want that life-changing love of God and you want to ask God to say, God, take my mess, take my sin, and make me new today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you today, you say, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life for the first time. I want a real, authentic, life-changing relationship with God. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up? Awesome. Amazing. Would you guys pray with me? Everybody repeat after me. Say, dear God, please take my mess. Make me new and help me live for you each day. From this day forward, I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give them a round of applause. That's amazing. Now, if you made that decision to start following Jesus, talk to someone about it today. Grab a Connect card, drop it in the offering on your way out. Talk to one of our pastors. We want to celebrate that with you. Before you go, I want to leave you with this. May you truly be intentional about the culture you create this week, wherever you go. Make the people around you grow closer to Jesus because of how you live. May your actions reflect your values and may what you value point the future generations to Jesus. Thank you guys so much. You guys are dismissed.